Well, good evening and welcome to the Marriage Reform Prayer Call. My name is Kim Moore, and I'm excited that you are using your precious time to spend with us for the next 30 or 40 minutes or so. It blesses my heart that you show up each week and that you're inviting folks to take part and hear the message on the kingdom. Well, this past weekend we were in Columbia, South Carolina, and what a time we had. I tell you what, the people God is assembling to uh, declare and, and to, to disseminate this message, we're a motley crew. I mean, we're, we're widows, we're divorced, some of us, some of us are married, some of us are younger, some of us are older. But I tell you what, God is involved, and he is doing it his way with whom he wants to do it, and we are going to continue to follow along as we understand and continue to declare kingdom marriages. Shout out to Nubby T-Bay. She was amazing. She coordinated everything in Fort Mill and and just just such a gracious and hospitable host. And uh, Nubby, uh, we love you. We appreciate you. And we're not finished yet up in South Carolina, and so we thank God that you're part of the team. And we're just trusting that God will continue to make himself known as we follow through on what he's asked us to do. If you're on the call for the first time, we pray, we teach, and declare kingdom marriage. We believe God is initiating a divine makeover in marriage, and we are taking part by praying it into a reality. You know, first we've got to pray and believe, and then we see and we can take part in what he's doing on, in the earth. And so we're taking part by praying. We're taking part by going to every state and U.S. territory uh, in this nation to seed the ground with the message of the kingdom, with the message of kingdom marriages. And so as we pray, we are hoping and trusting God that opportunities will continue to spring up and abound, that husbands and wives will be set free to experience God in all of his splendor and all of his glory right here on earth as we are establishing his kingdom. And you might be wondering, again, if you're on the call for the first time, what on earth is kingdom marriage? And it's simply this. We are elevating our kingdom citizenship, that is our rights, our responsibilities, and privileges As kingdom citizens, as spirit beings, as speaking spirits, we are elevating that above our humanity, above our gender, above roles, and religion in marriage. Uh, If you want to know more of what that involves, you can go to my website and just look up what on, uh, and if you go on the uh, tab, I think it's, uh, gosh, resources, one of the tabs, it'll give you a list of what that specifically looks like and scriptures uh, of what that mentality is, and I encourage you to go there. My website is more, my last name, M-O-O-R-E, onrelationships.com, and you can catch any of the previous messages that we've done on the Spotify app at Marriage Reform with Kim Moore, and we are breaking into the YouTube and trying to do some things there as well as some Facebook Live, so um, like Kim Moore Ministries on Facebook. It'll shoot out to Instagram and some of the other outlets, and you can keep up with what we're doing. Well, tonight I want to address another scripture from a kingdom perspective. 
and it's often used in conjunction with Ephesians 5:23 and 24, which I spoke extensively about last week. And I encourage you uh, to go back and listen to that message. Um, it is just it's it's revelatory, and as we change our thinking, we can have the possibility of changing our circumstances. But the scripture I want to talk about tonight is Genesis 2:18 and 20, and they're often used together with Ephesians 5:23 and 24 to reinforce the subordinate role of wives to husbands. Um, I, as always, and I tell you all the time, whether it's me or whether it's anybody else, celebrity or not, whenever somebody's ministering the word of God, go check it out for yourself. I remember uh, last week after I had spoke, um, Amy told me shortly afterwards that next morning, she was reading all of the scriptures that I had shared on the thing to confirm um, and, and just to see what God was saying to her. So even my own people vet me. <laughs> so you guys vet me too, and, and certainly I am a teachable one. And if, if God wants to make some corrections, I certainly am open to that conversation. Well, let's pray. Father, thank you once again for your faithful presence as we gather in your name. Thank you for Jesus Christ and reintroducing us to the kingdom of God through his life and his ministry. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross and exchanging your life for our life that we can enter this magnificent kingdom. And, Lord, we just bless you and we thank you for the freedom that it affords us, the love that it just fills us with, the joy and the strength and rightly positions us with you and your word. Father, we understand and we recognize it is through Jesus Christ that we live and move and have our being, and we are acceptable to you in him. We thank you, Lord. And we're here tonight because we are reclaiming our inheritance as kingdom citizens. And it's through you, God, that husbands and wives, the wife relationship can take dominion in their respective spheres of influence, God. So equip, God, educate, strengthen, inspire your people tonight, God. Set them free to serve you like never before, God, with all reckless abandon, with all freedom, God, and with all your grace and glory to help them yield to your kingdom truths. Father, we thank you, Father God, through kingdom understanding and daily practicing of your principles, God. Lord, that we, God, that you have put to death the enmity that exists between male and female, the power struggles, God. Lord, I just thank you, and I release freedom and love and power and joy tonight, God, to those that embrace the kingdom truth, your principles and your patterns in marriage. Thank you, God, for the divine makeovers that are occurring even as your word is declared. Thank you for reforming and restoring marriage to the body of Christ. Now fill us tonight, God, with all of your fullness that we may live, 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 and leave this conversation, Lord, recharged, reignited to perform your perfect will. In Jesus' name, we love you, we appreciate you, and we honor you tonight. And we honor those for sharing their time and their hearts and their faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let me read Genesis 2:18 and 20. This is the King James Version, and it says, And the Lord said, 
It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a help and help meet for him. Genesis 2.20. And Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a help meet for him. The word I want to focus on tonight is the word help meet. Now, we have to remember, and we always have to keep in mind, that whenever God speaks and whenever he acts, he does so in relationship to his kingdom. He's always speaking in the context of kingdom because he's a kingdom God and he operates in, king, in, in a kingdom mentality in a kingdom format. So whenever we're looking at scripture, we have to look at it in the context of the kingdom, and that will help us give a, a insight in the way God is thinking about things. So apart from thinking about, apart from this context, what happens is when we don't look at things, I mean, we have many opinions. We have many uh, viewpoints. Um, uh, and, and, and many points of view, but God has a viewpoint. He has a specific um, perspective. And when we don't see things from his perspective, which is always kingdom, then we are apt to misunderstand and misuse scripture and often um, to serve ourselves. It's called religion. And so we want to be mindful that the kingdom of God is a government. It's not a religion. It's a government. So God always thinks governmentally in whatever he's doing and the administration of his kingdom. So the kingdom is a government, not a religion. And God intended his government to rule on earth as he rules the heavens. He intended Adam and Eve to rule. They were the first kingdom government agents on earth. And their assignment was to take dominion according to Genesis 1.28. So then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, using all of its vast resources in the service of God and man, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over every living creature that moves upon the earth. That's the Amplified Classic version. So Adam and Eve, according to Genesis 128, Adam and Eve were to produce something greater together. They were to produce something together greater than either could alone. Moreover, they were to multiply and populate the earth with, the, uh, with other kingdom government agents. So they were the first, and then they were to multiply and produce other, other uh, government agents, kingdom of God government agents called families that would subdue and dominate the earth. They failed in their kingdom assignment. Then Jesus, the human equivalent of mankind, came and reintroduced the kingdom mandate. He lived it out. He taught it. He preached it. He lived it. And then he took our life and gave us his life so that we can continue in this kingdom mandate and God's agenda on earth. And so one day there will be a new heaven and a new, new earth that we will rule. Revelation 21 one says, Then I saw a new sky that is a new heaven and a new earth. The former sky, the former heaven and earth, had passed away, vanished, and, and there no longer existed any sea. 
So we're not here. I mean, we're here right now. The best way I can I, I understand it, we're here now. We're in training. We're learning and practicing our kingdom rights, our kingdom responsibility, and kingdom privileges, as well as we serve as a cog in the wheel as the earth marches to destruction. He said it again. We're not stopping anything. We're not going to overturn the world, and all of a sudden the world is going to become completely saved and there will be no evil. That's not going to happen in this, in this earth, in this world. This will pass away. But we as kingdom agents on a governmental assignment are cogs in the wheel. We're just slowing it down so that more might enter the kingdom and take up their assignments through Jesus Christ. So when we consider marriage and the word help me, we are looking at it in the context of this kingdom. The kingdom of God is operating. It's, it's in the spiritual realm, but it's operating in the background. The, uh, an example that I could, could, um, could share with you is like elevator music. Or, you know, you go in some places and there's always music in the background. It's not in the foreground. It doesn't dominate the conversation. It doesn't take over, but it's always there, and the music just keeps playing. That's how the kingdom is. We can't see it, but it is always operating, and we have access to it through the word of God because the Bible says the word is spirit. And so we can contact, engage, take part in the kingdom that people cannot see, that is always operating in the background through the word of God. And so the uh, marriage on earth is not simply, it's not merely a human construct for the social ordering, ordering of male and female. I mean, that is so far beneath what God had in mind. I mean, he intended for us to reign, to co-labor, to be joint heirs with him, and not just uh, exist in a human contraption uh, that religiously goes through these motions and orders the social interactions between male and female. It's a kingdom enterprise tasked with implementing the government of God on earth. And so as Scripture will reveal, the word help me is so much more than following, supporting, and providing domestic and child care services. But I'm not, this, I'm not condemning that. This doesn't diminish those activities. They are important, and they can be shared as a couple's, um, uh, in relationship to a couple's unique God-given assignment dictates. And each couple has a unique kingdom assignment. And so our marriages are supposed to look different because our assignments are different. But we should be able to discern the same spirit of God working through each marriage. The Bible says, hereafter, no, no man according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So there is a spiritual component that we should be able to discern regardless of the differences in our assignment. Paul says that expressly when he gives the relationship of the body and say all the body parts don't have the same part, but they are all working together to produce this one particular thing. And that's the way it should be with our marriage. It's sad to me that religion wants all wives to look and behave the same. It reminds me of the Stepford wives. 
uh, it was a movie back, I think, in the 70s or 80s. I can't remember exactly. But all the wives were doing the exact same thing, and all the husbands were doing the exact same thing until somebody put a cog in the wheel and messed things up. We're supposed to look different. You husband, you wife, you have a unique God-given assignment, and kingdom marriage is intended on freeing you and releasing you to fulfill God's purpose in your marriage, which requires the skill sets, the abilities, and the gifts, as well as everything that you two bring to that relationship. So, all right, let's look at the word help me. It comes from, and I'm going to go back to Genesis 2.18, but I want to show you the word in action in other scriptures so that when we come back to Genesis 2.18 and 20, you will have a robust understanding of all that's built into that word. So that word help me, it's a combination of two Hebrew words, the word ezer, E-Z-E-R, and kenegdo, K-E-N. E-G-D-O. I'm talking about ezer, ezer first. The Hebrew word ezer means to be strong or strength, to rescue or to save. It appears 21 times in the Old Testament. It first appears in Genesis 2, 18 and 20, which I read, and I'll come back to those. But I, but I want to share with you, I want to share with you, I want to share with you uh, the, the, some other verses in which the word Ezer refers to God's relationship with Israel. And again, I always say when you see God doing something uh, and in relationship to human beings and this word Ezer is present, it helps us to understand how we ought to interact as husbands and wives, in this case, how wives interact with their husbands. So here we go. God is rescuer, savior, and the strength of Israel appears 16 times in the Old Testament. I'm not going to read all six, but I want to read a few so that uh, you and I might be on the same page. The first one is when Jethro, uh, Moses' father-in-law, named his son Eleazar. And in Exodus 18, 4, it says, and the name of the other was Eleazar, for he said, the God my father was my help, and he delivered me from the sword of Pharaoh. So in this case, help looks like rescuing, looks like delivering, and looks like saving the life of Jethro and his family. That's the word, Ezar, help me, help. And then uh, Moses blesses Judah in Deuteronomy 33 and 7. Listen, O Lord, to the voice of Judah, and bring him to his people. May his hands contend for them, and may you help against his enemies. So here we see God interacting, the Lord interacting, and the word help means to strengthen. You see, uh, strengthen and enable Judah, strengthen Judah to prevail against his enemies. And then we have Israel celebrating the victory over the enemy in Deuteronomy 33:29. So in 7, we see the help, the strength added. In verse 29, we see the victory. Happy are you, Israel, who is like you, a people saved by the Lord, your defender helping you, and your sword of triumph. 
Your enemies will cringe before you, but you trample them down in their high places. So the word help, ezar here means that help saves, it defends. And then we have God helping Israel in time of distress. Again, the word ezar, ezer, Psalm 20 and 2. Send your help from the sanctuary and support, refresh, and strengthen you, you from Zion. So here we have God strengthening, supporting, refreshing his people from Zion. And so Ezar is an answer in times of distress. And, he's a, and, and Ezer also means to protect, to support. So in this case, we see Ezer or help as a refreshing, as a strengthening, as, a, as an answer in time of need and a protection. And then we see God again helping as a protector in Psalm 115, 9 through 11. Oh, Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Oh, house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. So here we have the word help. Uh, functioning as a barrier to the enemy, a shield standing between the enemy and God's people. Wow, that's amazing. That's the word ezar. That means help. So help is a shield. It's a barrier between the enemy and God's people. And then we have God helping to prevent tragedy. In Psalm 121, 1 through 3, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From what, where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who keeps you will not slumber. So in this case, the word help, easier, is functioning to prevent an undesirable circumstance. And the last verse I want to share with easier is this. God helping Israel despite I'm sorry, someone was trying to uh, call me. Excuse me. Uh, God helping Israel despite catastrophe, and the catastrophe was a result of his judgment. And so even after we experience hardship, difficulty, whether self-inflicted, whether the enemy inflicted, we see God ready to help his people in Hosea 13.9. And remember the book of Hosea, you know, Hosea married um, – Gomer, Gomer, who was filled with iniquity, and she was a re- and that relationship was representative of God in Israel. And so it says this: "O Israel, you are destroyed, but in me is your help." So in case, in this case, help was rendered to God's people after defeat. I think that's amazing that even after a tragedy, help either comes to render support, to render uh, comfort, to render um, what is needed after, after a defeat. But in all of these examples, God partnered with Israel to accomplish his will through them. And even when they fell short, he was there picking up the pieces right along with them. What's also clear from these verses is that war was necessarily a part 
of either. So we see several times where God was issuing help in time, in the face of enemies, in the face of war. And Israel won some battles and lost others. But here's the thing. God wasn't just playing house with Israel. He wanted her to rise and to fulfill her destiny as kingdom agents on the earth. So he wasn't just content with just having this nice little house and us two or us three and us 2.1 kids. I don't know what it is, but God wasn't just content just to play house. He wasn't content just to leave them. He wanted a people that would rise up, men and women, husbands and wives and families that would rise up and take their rightful place in the earth and disseminate and establish his kingdom. He was very involved in adapting to circumstances, either by initiating the word Ezar, help. You see God initiating. You see God responding. He was in full charge of himself. Ezer has to be in full charge of herself in order to distribute the help that is needed, the kind of help that is needed in the time of need. So he wasn't just simply following, supporting, and providing domestic and child care services while Israel did whatever she desired. He, she, God partnered with Israel so much as she would allow. He was an active participant in resourcing, rescuing, strengthening, protecting, and preventing calamity. The kingdom of God is here, and all hands on deck are required. Every man, every woman, every husband and wife, every skill, ability, talent, and gift are now needed. And so the word help, um, it, you, you see the dynamic. You see it's not just this, oh, just come up under your husband and support him. No, you are a, a government wiser. They're warriors. They're government agents on assignment. And we serve our husbands best when we serve God first. So the word Ezar, I told you there were two words. The second word is connecto, K-E-N-E-G-D-O. And it means to be face-to-face or opposite or corresponding. And so a wife is face-to-face and opposite of or corresponding to her husband. Here's a, here's a visual example. Um, all of us, or, or most of us, if we have not lost them, either due to circumstances or birth, we have two thumbs. Your thumb is very different than every other finger. You have four other fingers, but your thumb does 50% of all of the tasks that your hand will do, even though you have four other fingers. It's different because it is an opposing uh, it is an opposing finger it is an opposing uh, a digit and so it works it corresponds it works in conjunction with the other hand and the the thumb is able to move and adapt in ways to provide the strength support in grasping things picking up things it it is significant in fine motor skills. Amy's a PT, so I mean, I'm sure I'm gonna. You, you correct me if I'm if I'm missing anything, or if you can add anything to that picture, Amy. It is so important. We can your ability to eat with one hand. We can thank our thumb, because without your thumb, you would not be able to grasp 
uh, well a utensil without that opposing force being present. And the opposing force doesn't destroy the rest of your fingers. Let me say that again. Your thumb does not destroy the rest of your fingers. It, too, operates in a domain and in a realm that is working together with your other fingers. Your thumb is the most important digit on your hand for that reason. Husbands and wives provide, and let me bring this back to marriage, because husbands and wives provide each other with unique feedback. Think about it. The thing, just get this in mind. The thing that irritates you most about your spouse is a good indication of the area that God may want you to grow the most. Let me say that again. What irritates you most about your spouse is a good indication of where God is placing pressure on you to grow. So we don't grow and change without discontentment, with pressure, or by um, or, or or just having someone um, uh, inspire us or provoke us to think differently and do differently. And husbands and wives offer each other the opportunity to see things in a different way and to do things in a different way. Remember, the kingdom of God is bent on us growing up as sons of God. And so in order to grow, we have to see and understand where we're falling short or where where we are weak and unable to carry out kingdom responsibilities and kingdom assignments. And God wants our marriages to be safe places where we can do the hard work of growing up and learning how to reign in the earth as kingdom ambassadors, government agents on assignment from God. And we must learn how to fight the kingdom way. Jesus speaks in Matthew 11, 11 through 13, and this is the Passion Translation. For I tell you the truth, throughout history, there has never been a man who surpasses John the baptizer. Yet the least of those who now experience heaven's kingdom realm will become greater, even greater than he. From the moment John stepped onto the scene until now, the realm of heaven's kingdom is bursting forth and passionate people have taken hold of its power. For all the prophets and the Torah prophesied until John appeared. The Amplified reads verse 12 this way. And from the days of John the Baptist until the present time, the kingdom of heaven has endured violent assault, and violent men seize it by force, force as a precious prize. A share in the heavenly kingdom is sought with the most ardent zeal and intense exertion. Listen, God is mobilizing husbands and wives today like never before, and we must. We must let go of the religious wardrobe and the cast iron roles and positions and things that uh, hinder us from exercising our kingdom rights and responsibilities as the people of God. We've got to see each other as spiritual beings, speaking spirits who happen to occupy a male or female body. 
and that are joint heirs and co-laborers of Christ. You know, I remember when I was in grade school, and during gym we would play, you know, softball, basketball, we would run track, but we would do compet- we would play competitive games. And the teacher would pick usually team captains, and usually there were two or three team captains um, in, in our class. And then each team captain was responsible for picking people on their team. Now, when I was a team captain, I always wanted the best, fastest, most fierce people on my team. I don't care what the sport was, I wanted to win. And it didn't matter to me whether the fastest and the best competitors were boys or girls. I wanted to win. I had an agenda, and I wanted to use what was ever available to me to win and beat the other teams. And when I wasn't a captain, I always wanted to be on the team with the best, the fastest, and most fierce competitors because I didn't want to lose. And it didn't matter to me whether the best were boys or whether they were girls. I just wanted to win. And in the kingdom of God, we must rise above. We must rise above gender. We must rise above male and female and take hold of the kingdom and bring it to earth first in our own lives, that is, surrendering to the reign and the will of God and the government of God for ourselves, and then in our relationship, and then in the spheres of influence that God has placed us. We must do that. We must use feminine and use masculine, but understand we are spirit beings. We are speaking spirits, and while we use our maleness and females, and while there's nothing wrong with roles, Just decide them based on your unique kingdom assignment and let God be glorified because the kingdom of God needs uh, husbands and wives that are strong, fierce, skillful, and prayerful that know their God in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. The kingdom of God wins. The Bible says um, many are the plans of men, but the counsel of the Lord will stand. God is remaking marriages into winning teams and partnerships and teammates, ones that are husbands and wives that are able to follow and lead, that who all skills, abilities, and gifts are on deck for use to establish the principles, the purposes that God has for each uh, marriage. And, and wives have to be actively engaged in the process, resourcing, rescuing. That is not a wife that just is... Uh, that just is waiting uh, and, and just how can I how can I make this better? But no, God is speaking to wives, and each wife knows how. It's built into her how to be an easer to her husband. And so we have to expand our definition, our understanding, to bring it in line with the Word of God. That husbands and wives, that that an easer is more than just supporting. It is leading. It is protecting. It is defending. It is delivering. It is it is comforting. It is strengthening. It is saving. All of these things are wrapped up in Genesis two eighteen. And so listen, Genesis two eighteen. And the Lord God said, "It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him." A help me. I will make him a strength. I will make him a rescuer. I will make him a protector. I will make him an answer. I will make him a defender. I will make him a barrier. I will make him a weapon. 
suitable for him. In verse 20, Adam gave names to all the cattle, to all the fowl of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a protector, a rescuer, an answer, a defender, a deliverer suitable for him. And so God is making of wives a warrior that will go to war with him, that will produce and multiply and subdue and take dominion in the earth as kingdom government operatives. And so, Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Father God, for opening up, God, and peeling back, God, what your intention was and is for wives, God. Lord, that they are the strength. They are a strength. They are a rescuer, a deliverer, a defender, a protector, God, a comforter, God, a support, God, to their husband, suitable, appropriate, Lord, to their husband's need. And I thank you that every husband doesn't need the same thing. And so how wives show up is going to be uniquely different based on the need of her husband. So, Father God, I thank you and I praise you, God, that you would grace husbands and wives tonight to... Lord, re-examine, to re-look, re-evaluate, Lord, what each one brings to the relationship, the skills, the abilities, the gifts, the weaknesses, Lord, that it's all on the table, God, so that they might know how to work together, Lord, to implement your kingdom in their lives and in the lives of those that you have given them to influence. Father, I thank you, Father God, that your word is true. Let every man be a liar. I thank you that you have come to deliver your people from religion, God, and those things that bind the hearts of men and women. I thank you, Father, that you have come to set your people free in Jesus' name, that they would experience love like at no other time in their life, that they would experience the power of God like at no other time in their life, Father God. Lord, kingdom citizens, God, Lord, I just bless you and I thank you, Father God. I pronounce a blessing to all of those on this call tonight, God, I pray, God, that as they take these words, digest these words, read your scriptures, God, eat these words, God, that you would make of them kingdom citizens, forces to be reckoned with, God, that will not be denied, that they would experience new levels of success, God, in taking territory for your kingdom. I thank you that they will become magnets, God, for others that desire to enter the kingdom and hitherto have been prevented by religion, Father God. I thank you that you would take your battering ram tonight and smash, God, every religious structure, God, every religious teaching, God, in the name of Jesus, and set your people free by the blood of the lamb, the words of their mouth, and because they love you more than they love themselves. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, I appreciate you being on the call. You can hear this message again in a few ways. You can go to Spotify a little bit later on tonight. I will post it, and it will be uh, number 88. And you'll just, uh, if you don't have the Spotify app, you can just go to your app store and download Spotify. And then once it's on your phone, uh, then you can just in the search bar put Marriage Reform with Tim Moore and you will find this message will be at the top of the list. Just give me a couple hours to get it uploaded. And if you don't want to do that and if you want to replay it, 
by phone. The number is 605-475-4980. The access code is 341000-POUND. And the reference code is 88-POUND. 88-POUND. And so I just praise God. I, I, you know, I, it just caught me. The number eight uh, is the number of uh, new beginning. And so tonight we have a double eight. And so I wish you double. I wish you double life. I wish you double the love, double uh, all that this revelation that will yield in your marriage. I pray it be double because I'll tell you what, when you are free, you will never want to be or allow anyone to put you in bondage again. And we are free not just to do what we want to do. We're free to respond to God in our marriages. And because we love him first, we can love each other best. And so I bless you in the name of Jesus. I love you. Thank you so much for sharing this call on social media. I welcome your comments. Um, your questions, you can email them to me at Kim at moreonrelationships.com. That's my last name, M-O-O-R-E, onrelationships.com. Or you can just go right on Facebook at Kim Moore Ministries. Be, be sure to like it and leave me a comment there or leave a comment on what you got out of, of tonight. And so I bless you, and I thank you so much for being a part. Amy, did I miss anything? I don't know if I did. I know, oh, I know. We will be in Maryland in D.C. in April, April, the end of April, April 23rd. And so uh, keep that on your, uh, actually it will be the weekend of the 24th through the 6th. I think that's Saturday and Sunday. But we'll get some things out to you. If you are in the Maryland, uh, Virginia, D.C. area, we need your help please email me or you can text me at 770-318-5963 and say, hey, Kim, I'm in Maryland, D.C., Virginia. Virginia, We have um, Pamela Ashby is coordinating that area. So love to, to get you involved. And, and let's take this message nationwide in Jesus' name. Amy? No, you got everything. We just thank you guys so much. Um, we couldn't do this without you, and we just see it growing organically. God is definitely doing something in marriages, and we're just glad to take part and just bless you, and we love you. Um, we pray for you during the week, and we're just so thankful that you're on this journey with us. Praise God. Well, well, again, ditto to Amy. We love you. Can't wait to meet some of you. Some of you I think I'll see this weekend at, uh, at Francis Miles and Robert Henderson, the conference in McDonough, Georgia. If you're not, this is going to be a great conference. Um, love to meet you. If you have not uh, come out to that or have not registered for that conference, it's going to be Thursday night through uh, Saturday. Uh, Francis Miles, Robert Henderson, Suzanne, Pastor Suzanne Hinn will be there. I will be there. I'd love to meet you, perhaps do lunch with you. Let me know. You can email me, Facebook me, uh, text me. Let me know if you're going to be there. Well, I love you. I bless you, and we will see you on the call next week. God bless.